0: everyone. Welcome to the Loving the Fight marriage podcast. My name is Travis and I am here with my co-host and wife Dawn.
1: Hey everyone, so good to be with you guys today.
0: Well, I'm really looking forward to our topic for today. It's one that's kind of fascinating, yeah, one that's not talked about very often, something yeah. we came across recently. But before we get into that, why don't we just catch everybody up on what we've been up to?
1: We are coming to you guys today with refreshed and full hearts. We were able to get away for a week, and I know we talked about that a little bit last week because that was the day that we got back, but we added a couple days to our vacation. Yeah, we got to go extra sp- PTO. Oh, it was great. Yeah. We got to go and spend time with our kids and our grandkids. It was incredible. We did so many fun things. We went to the park. We went on nature walks. We saw a deer. We went thrifty at a couple thrift stores in Ames, Iowa, and to a turning coffee shop. We played games and we had a chance to just sit around and talk about like Honestly, it was just a bucket filler.
0: It was so cool and crazy, like in terms of crazy good bucket filling. But also we got back from like, what, seven days down in Florida, unpacked our bags, repacked them within a couple hours, jumped in the car and went to a whole nother state, Iowa, like you just said but it was so good. It was really needed. I think I had been hitting a wall and needing a break. And I'm assuming you were probably needing the same thing. And so we're so glad that we did that.
1: It was just fun because we honestly don't get to do that very often, as much as we like when we're all together and under one roof. Like we love our kids, but they both live out of state. And obviously since they live out of state, our grandkids live out of state. So We just had a great time. We are sitting here today just refreshed. Our buckets are full. We were able to take the one week of vacation, kind of add a weekend on the front and a weekend on the back where it felt extra long.
0: Oh, it was so good. 11 days, 11 days away. Needed it and so much a romantic time, but oh, time of family, yep. spectacular.
1: Vacations are so good and they are so needed. I know one thing that we always try to do when we go on vacation is that we love to explore and try new areas. Yeah, we'll go to some touristy areas, but even within those touristy areas, we always Google, like, give us something unique. Give us something that's even odd or strange. Well, we did that this last week on Google. We just said, hey, give us some unique places in the area. And something kind of cool came up, something that we had never heard of before, a place called Koreshian State Park. Am I yeah. even saying that right? <laughs>
0: Super unique. And I think you nailed it. But yeah, very, very different and it was a blast. It was.
1: It was great. It was super warm, sunny. We were the only ones there exploring.
0: And we're in the Fort Myers Beach, uh, Florida area, or just south of Fort Myers. And so it was really close to where we were staying. What was unique about this place is that it's a state park, but it really offered kind of a window into the lives of some really interesting, eccentric kind of pioneer uh, group of people. Yeah, pioneer yeah, because no one was really in that area and they made their home in the middle of a forest next to a river called Estero River and this group of people they were from a long time ago back in the 1890s, 1893 to uh, be specific and it's called Koreshian State Park because they were the Koreshians And they were this religious cult, this group that was led by a guy by the name of Dr. Cyrus R. Teed. And the whole idea of why they went there to this area just south of Fort Myers, Florida, was to build this community, you know, this heaven-like community or settlement that was communal living. And it was all kind of based on these weird ideas that the universe or everything that we knew about the world that it actually existed inside yeah. of the world. <laughs> there was like, a
1: big, huge globe, and they were trying to say where they lived, which was inside, inside
0: the, earth. the yeah. earth. And so it's kind of weird. 1893, a bunch of pioneer people, people from New York City, Chicago, wherever they're from, they went down there and they just tried to live this communal lifestyle believing that they were living inside of the world not on you know the top of the world or the edge of the world now you've probably already caught it but these people had some weird beliefs really strange so not only did they live together kind of as a commune but and believe this weird stuff about the earth but they also were dedicated to celibate lives that means they did not have sex and yet they were super crazy good at business yeah I remember great. one of their kind of manufacturing buildings they made like 600 loaves of bread yep. a day and they had a printing you know press uh, a building they even had they were the main store the main kind of gas station if you will or uh restaurant between Fort Myers and Naples Florida yeah, they're and so
1: very, very prosperous
0: very prosperous very successful at business but really crazy beliefs I mean yeah. we just they were a cult right. they were odd people okay so now for the best part this state park and their settlement where they lived was pretty much like a ghost town yeah, like a
1: modern day ghost town
0: no ghosts, just like this town that people lived in you at one tell. point yep. up to 250 people at its highest but they um just walked away and abandoned it and right. so literally right now to this day there are 11 immaculately restored uh, buildings that with streets that are you know certainly dirt streets but yeah. it looks like a little small town right out of the late 1800s So, so cool. And you get to walk into the buildings and explore them. It feels like you're right there with them.
1: It was actually incredibly fascinating to me. I know that I was just amazed by these buildings, the business, the bakery, um, the massive houses that some of the cult leaders lived in.
0: Yeah, so we're essentially doing this self-guided tour. I mean, there sure. were some people yep. there that worked for uh, the state park, but we're doing this self-guided tour, and it it really is about the history of Christianity, where you know it, it's these people who kind of created or added on to Christianity. Yeah. Again, crazy beliefs. We just were super pumped about the historical aspect right. of the buildings and their community. So, how did this place get going? Well, this guy. By the name of Dr. Teed. One night, he was... You know, messing around, kind of doing some experiments. I think it was kind of a scientist. Yeah, he was, he was yep. doing some experiments. Something went wrong. He got electrocuted, knocked out, and he had like this vision or this dream. And he was told in this dream, "My God," he said, yep. supposedly that he was now like the seventh prophet after Jesus. Jesus was the sixth, yep. according to him, and now he was like going to rule the earth. And so he was this great guy that people needed to follow. Again, this stuff's nuts, guys. We don't believe it, but he was able to convince a solid 150 people. Again, the community got up to 250 people at one time. He convinced these people to live this way. Like, this is crazy. And one of the main beliefs was And we you and I both laughed about this when we read it on, you know, all the different signs or, you know, the places, the plaques that talked about his life. But he convinced all these people that celibacy or not having sex led to immortality or they would never die and they would eventually just, you know, end up in heaven. And it's like where did he get this from? Like how did he dream this up? According to, you know, him it was this vision, but here's the the interesting part. It's kind of funny, but it's interesting. He actually died when he died in 1908. Basically, the cult fell apart because the guy that told them not to have sex and not to, you know, or to be celibate died. (laughs) He didn't come back to life. He actually they laid him in a bathtub. He wasn't
1: immortal. He was not (laughs) immortal.
0: It didn't work. And they laid him in a bathtub and he told his followers, he's like, look, if I do die. I'm going to come back from the dead. And after four days, he just started to stink and rot. And so they buried him. Yeah. Kind of a crazy story. But the history of these buildings and the town, you know, just looking at these old buildings, it was amazing.
1: It's actually really fascinating to me, just the story of, you know, how this community came To be he was able to convince 150 people and up to 250 at one point that he was the seventh prophet that he came after jesus and that they were going to build the new jerusalem that's what their goal was And they were very prosperous. They had a community between Naples and Fort Myers Beach that was the main stopping point.
0: Yeah, that was it. It was where you stopped to get food or gas up or whatever.
1: Yeah, well, obviously, you guys, in 1908, when he passed away, the cult, this community... He quickly died. Like, there was no longer there because their main belief, their guy that was saying what, you know, that celibacy leads to immortality died. So they didn't have anyone to follow anymore. So in 1908, this cult started to disperse at that point. But you know, I couldn't help but keep asking myself how in the world did he get people to follow him and become part of his cults? They were, it was just crazy beliefs, what he believed and he convinced these people of, they said 75% of them were women. They were actually widows that had a lot of money and he was able to convince them to be a part of his community. But they said the biggest key is that he was really charismatic, that he had a great personality, that people loved him. But how, get. I can't, my, it just boggles my mind. How did people actually decide, hey, I'm going to sell everything or I'm going to join this community and now follow this man yeah. in this crazy. It doesn't place. make any no, sense. I mean it, it is
0: literally ridiculous.
1: Yes, it it's honestly it's unbelievable. I wouldn't if we would have been there and read the history, I would have never believed this. story. I wouldn't like have believed
0: it either, actually, yeah.
1: But you know what? If you think about it, it does happen. There are false prophets. We've we've known about them. We've heard about Jim Jones and David Koresh, other false prophets who've came to be and have passed on.
0: And it's crazy because they're believable to some people. I know you and I, yeah. like, we choke on it. Yeah. Like we... Just can't even wrap our minds around it. But some people get deceived.
1: A few weeks ago in our group that meets at our house, we were going through the book of Second Peter. And it actually talks about um, false prophets. And it warns us in 2 Peter chapter 2, it says this. There will be false prophets and false teachers among you. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered.
0: Yeah, it's cool because the Bible warns us of people that want to come along and teach things like... You and I experienced, like Doctor Tweed, Florida. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: like that cult we just visited.
0: Yeah, and by the way, I don't know if it's Doctor Tweed because I think <laughs> I think that's the type of like a coat people yeah. wear. I think it's Doctor T. Yeah, I'm sorry. Regardless, it is Dr. <laughs> we don't need to remember yeah. his name. The guy was a crackpot. I mean, that's what the Bible is saying here. He was a it's false saying, teacher, false prophet. Watch out for these guys. They're not good. They want to deceive you. It goes on to say in that same chapter, it says these false teachers are like unthinking animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed. They scoff at things they do not understand and like animals they will be destroyed. Their destruction is their reward for the harm they have done. They love to indulge in evil pleasures in broad daylight. They are a disgrace and a stain among you. They delight in deception even as they eat with you in your fellowship meals. Uh, You can obviously see this is a strong warning and the Bible is painting a very clear picture that these people are real And they're full of deception. I mean, they delight, it says, in deception. And that's a big warning sign. It's kind of like when you're ready to go off a cliff in a car and there's this roadblock that says... Don't go any further. Yeah, yep. Danger. I mean, that's what the Bible's saying. There is, There are dangerous people out there and there's deception out there. Be careful.
1: Okay, I'm sure you guys are thinking, what in the world does this have to do with marriage? What does Dr. Tweed, Dr. Teed, <laughs> <laughs> I said again, have to do with marriage in this cult? Well, as I thought about this more, I really think we have to be aware of false teaching when it comes to marriage. People definitely try to push an agenda and try and say something is okay when it's not, When even when it comes to marriage. And I think that's just a warning that we always have to be aware of.
0: Yeah. And you said people try to push an agenda or, you know, people pr- try to create deception. Yeah. In the area of marriage, I think, Don, what you're saying is our society and even well-known people in our society, they're pushing lies about marriage. It doesn't even match what the Bible says yeah. what God created marriage to be. So I'm so glad you pointed that out.
1: When it comes to marriage, I think it was kind of easy to discuss ways that we have seen deception come into marriage.
0: Yeah. And you're just talking about pointing it out, like stopping and thinking and going, OK, where is deception in our world today yeah. that's trying to get into our marriages or or beliefs, sets of beliefs that like, people grab a hold on of and they allow it to contaminate yep. their marriage with deception.
1: I know one false teaching I think that people have grabbed onto and believe is that overworking is just a way of providing for your family so you can be a workaholic. I mean, that's just a, a false teaching. I think that some people have believed and grabbed onto and said, hey, I'm just trying to provide for my family. So I'm going to work so much at the expense of my family.
0: Yeah. And I, I think the big thing is that whether it's a teaching or not, it's a belief. It is. Somebody's believing, hey, I am showing up and making a difference, and really, it's abandonment. Yeah, it, it, maybe to the spouse, it's abandonment to the children if there are children.
1: You know what? It's crazy. Another belief that people have that are married is having close friends and spending alone time with people of the opposite sex is okay. Honestly, that is not a great belief because it's wrong. It's a trap. It's a way of you know bringing in something that could possibly be dangerous to your marriage. And just saying, hey, it's okay. Don't worry about that. Like we can hang out with other people of the opposite sex and and that's fine.
0: It's just not smart. I honestly, Don, if one of my buddies started calling you up and saying, hey, Travis wouldn't mind, just come over to my house and hang out with me. Like one of my guy friends, I mean, him and I would have big problems. I would be so upset. I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Like hanging out with my wife at your house when I'm not around. That's just weird and nuts. And then if you went along with that, that'd be crazy. Yeah. But many couples do that. And they think that it's okay and it's wrong.
1: You know what, Travis, what about this belief? My time is my time. I don't have to serve or give my time to others. And I feel like that's just a selfish belief that a lot of people have maybe adopted. And it's a lifestyle that, hey, it's my time. I'm going to do whatever I want with my time. No, I think God's called us to use our time to serve others and to not be selfish.
0: So true. We have been put on this earth to serve other people, to serve God. And our lives aren't supposed to be about us. We're not the center of the universe. Jesus is. And other people. I know another one that kind of pops into my mind as you and I are sitting here talking is just this idea that I'm going to do whatever makes me happy. And individuals do that. The
1: happy belief. Yeah,
0: (laughs) but couples do that. It's like there are no boundaries. There are no morals. They can do whatever they want. And that leads to so many problems. And there's just a lot of danger that can come in with that. Probably one of the most insidious uh, beliefs out there. And this is held by individuals, men and women, but also couples, and it's the idea of viewing pornography, that it's, you know, if you do it as a couple and it helps your sex life, that it's somehow okay to either view it individually or view it together right before sex, and it's just Not. It's not a biblically endorsed way on any level. It's something you and I fight intensely against. We don't want to give in to that. We don't want that trash in our marriage. We want to do everything we can to keep our marriage
1: pure. I feel bad. I feel like that is just a really deceptive belief, honestly, because it completely destroys your relationship with God. You cannot be viewing pornography as a couple and not have an effect your relationship with God.
0: Yeah, it's just going to pull you away spiritually from yeah. God, the closeness that a person can feel with God because that thing becomes yeah. an idol. And yeah. you see that in Romans chapter 1 in the Bible. Those things, you, you start to worship that over uh the creator over god and another one that's super common is just the idea of well in order to relax at the end of the day i've got to reward myself because i've worked really hard with a few drinks i'm just gonna have a couple drinks maybe it's just wine maybe it's not maybe it's hard liquor or a couple beers but i'm gonna drink and be merry and everything's gonna be okay and there's a big problem there There is. it's a serious danger i mean alcohol is one of the most dangerous drugs in america do a little study on it you'll find out very quickly it's a poison that people pour pour into them and it kills them it kills the human body now we're not uh, saying that drinking one drink is a sin but what we are saying is this idea i mean we've known people who drink every day at the end of the day and maybe it's just a couple drinks but we realize that they're now suddenly slowly getting addicted to
1: it becomes an addiction rather than just, hey, I'm just having one to relax after the end of the day. It's dangerous. I feel like that's like playing with fire. Why play with matches and fire? Just get rid of it. Get rid of that belief. I know we just spent a few minutes trying to think of beliefs and thoughts that have come in and crept into marriages. And I know there's many more, but there are false beliefs that people try to put into our marriages and get us to believe. And we know that they're false. They go against everything what the Bible says. And every action that we do comes with a consequence. I just want to sum it up though. Like I love what it says in Second Peter. It really sums it all up very well. He said these words, You already know these things, dear friends, so be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's so Clear, there is nothing deceptive, there's nothing false about those words. Our focus should be on growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. We need to always be asking ourselves, you know, what will this bring us closer to Jesus? You know, how can we live as Christ in everything that we do? We need to be on guard and aware so we don't get carried away.
0: Yeah, and I love what he says. You already know these things, dear friends you know what i think he's talking about yeah it's the deception that hits marriages and couples but the really what's at the core of this is self deception come yeah. on you know if you're drinking a lot every night to unwind you're becoming an alcoholic you know that if you're hanging out with your best friend's wife at you know some private location and you're alone something bad is gonna happen we know these things dear friends So be on your guard, he says. Like, don't get carried away by the errors of wicked people. But then look what he aims at. He turns away from all these negative things. And then he's like, rather, you must grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Make Jesus the bullseye of your life.
1: Travis, you know, that is so good. That is just truth. We need to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our eyes should be focused on that.
0: On Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Well, You know, for all of you that are listening, you might not join a cult. We get it. We're not going to. I mean, that's just nuts, right? You may not fall for crazy beliefs or ideas like we're all living inside of the earth. Weird, right? You're not going to fall for that, you know, or maybe for a person and their odd beliefs. But here's the thing. Make sure that you don't allow yourself to get caught up in the things that society says is acceptable when it comes to marriage. Don't let Society dictates to no, you what is all. right and wrong. Things that we know don't line up with the Bible and what the Bible says about marriage and living a godly life. I mean, let God tell you what is right yep. and wrong. Be on your guard and continue to grow in your knowledge of Jesus.
1: It was really great to be able to have that time away to go on vacation and to explore this Koresh State Park. Like, it was just fascinating. But it actually made me stop and evaluate, you know, what are some things in our own life, and our own marriage that we need to be aware of? And what does the Bible say? Like, we need to be aware of false prophets, false teaching, just like the Bible warned in everything, but especially in our marriages. Well, we just want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight.
0: We'll see you next time.